welcome back to the Mainland Podcast, everybody. It is, uh, wow, we're back to the weekly schedule now, and uh, this is episode number 75. It's game week, David Rowe. Could not be happier about that. Are you kidding me? I, I even got my kids involved. Like As I got home today, I was like, guys, guess what? Sunday, game day. And both of them, they were like, woohoo. So <laughs> it's a family affair up here in Tallahassee. Awesome. This is, yeah, It's uh, I'm very excited. Uh, this is our 75th show and uh, we've got a we've got a great guest uh, coming up a little bit later we're fortunate enough to get one of our lions on uh, on opening week and uh, I'm very excited I did not get to um, cover the friendly against St. Louis FC on uh, the weekend I was actually in Daytona for the uh, the 500 and the the 300 on Saturday so I had a couple of race days uh, going on over the weekend I I'm still uh, a new Orlando City Stadium virgin. I have still not set foot in the venue, and I'm looking forward to Sunday, which is going to be a, a rare treat for me because I'm not going to be in the press box. I'm going to be in the wall on Sunday, and I'm going to write about the experience of uh, of being in that uh, safe standing section uh, on Sunday for opening day, which is, is sure to be absolutely bananas. You are one lucky son of a gun. I tell you what, because... Uh, like you said, most of the time you're in the press box. And as nice as that is, there's nothing quite like being among all the crazy maniacs that we have in the stadium. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I've, I've had season tickets uh, for the last couple of years, and I've gotten to go to two games in the last couple of years uh, as a fan. I've gotten to go to the West Brom Friendly in 2015. And last year I went to the Toronto game, which was the insane game with with Kaká scoring in the uh, 110th minute. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the 100th minute. I think it was, uh, it, it was 10 minutes of stoppage. And, and that was an amazing one to be, I was with, uh, my former broadcast partner, uh, Andrew Harrison for that game, uh, in against Toronto FC. So, um, yeah, so go ahead. What you're saying. I was saying, I'm glad you brought up West Brom. They have my favorite nickname of all time, but we'll get to that later. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, I have introduced you, David Rowe. I am, of course, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. And uh, The Mainland Podcast is, of course, brought to you by TheMainland.com. So, uh, in addition to being the first week of the season, we've got a few things to talk about going into this week. Orlando City opened the new stadium, as we mentioned, Saturday uh, our Gavin Eubank was on hand, and uh, it was a 3-1 to victory for the good guys over St. Louis FC out of the USL, which St. Louis has moved over to the East and will play OCB this season. Um, but uh, one goal from Kaká, two from Kyle Laren, pair of assists for Carlos Rivas, uh, a very nice christening to the stadium. Indeed, and uh, it's exactly what, and now granted, USL side, but... That's exactly what we're hoping to see from all these guys. You know, uh, how fitting is it that Kaká gets the first goal in the new stadium? I mean, that's just, it's almost, it's almost poetry. Uh, You know, he had the first MLS goal for us and then uh, gets the, he christens the new stadium. So that, that was just perfect. Then a brace for uh, Kyle and uh, you got to feel good about that. So uh, the day couldn't have gone better. Uh, The stadium, of course, is absolutely beautiful it's getting rave reviews everywhere not just from those of us in orlando or florida but uh all over the the nation yeah it's you know from everything i've seen and you know we had a photographer on hand who did a really nice photo gallery just a phenomenal venue the 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 surface uh the playing surface getting rave reviews the the stadium the seats 
everything about the stadium is getting great reviews, and uh, I can't wait to see it. And I'm sure our fans uh, can't wait to, to step foot in it and, uh, you know, march over from Church Street uh, for the match and, um, you know, uh, lend their voices as uh, Orlando City takes on rival New York City FC on uh, Sunday afternoon uh, in a televised game. Now, uh, today was the media day for Orlando City, and there, you know, um, uh, Alex Leitao said that uh, they the club wanted to have the first home game be on the third week of the season, uh, presumably to get those last-minute details done and in case uh, the stadium wasn't quite finished, which as of now, we're, they're still trying to finish it up for, for opening day, and they say it'll be ready. Maybe it won't be 100% uh, functionality, but it'll be you know pretty close. I think it'll be, still be a great uh, game day experience for everybody but um you know they wanted to just be sure they had time for for any last minute delays or anything and and don garber said you know what we want you to be on opening weekend against new york city so you can be on national tv and um the club said okay yeah that sounds like uh, it would be kind of fun to be on national tv with the new stadium uh, against our rivals so uh yeah so it's interesting i thought that um you, you know this there's always delays when they build stadiums and you always have to be cognizant of that. And of course the redesign, you know, what led to the biggest delay, but of course you, you can never count on things like the weather and things like that. So you, you never know what's going to happen and in any large construction project. And so they wanted to build in a little bit of extra time and it didn't quite happen, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that, and they may not be at 100% functionality of all things hitting on all cylinders for game one, but uh, I think most fans won't even notice it, and uh, I'm hoping that everything goes off without a hitch. But they, the club did urge fans to be a little patient on opening day. Uh, it's going to be their first time, um, you know, doing a, a major event there, and, and uh, it, you know, obviously the, the stadium didn't get done quite in time to do, you know, a, a full-blown let-the-public-in kind of friendly before the season started so um you know it's it, there may be some unexpected things happen but hopefully everything goes um swimmingly and hopefully the the good guys in purple come out with uh a win and uh, of course we expect since kaka got the first orlando city goal in mls in the citrus bowl and he got the first goal in the new venue he'll probably have the first goal on uh, sunday for for orlando city as well one one can hope, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, you're right. Uh, you know, patience will be the uh, the key word this Sunday. Uh, you know, everybody is it's nobody sat in those seats yet. I mean, you know, every they got to the people have to find where they're going. They got to find the bathrooms. They got to find the, the concessions. You know, everything is going to be new for everybody. It's going to be exciting. Um, it's going to be the atmosphere. I think is going to be just as incredible as each of the. Uh, opening games have been each year that we've been there. Um, you know, obviously we're going to, it's going to be a sellout. Um, and, but I think that the whole coming home and, and having our own stadium, I think it's going to land a little bit of more electricity to, to the fans that are there. And, uh, I have a feeling that if I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, I'll say, I think we win, and I think it, it. Part of it's just because of the home field advantage. Now, usually, you know, that's. I'm not a big, you know, home field advantage guy, but there's just something special about it, and I, I don't know. I think the team's going to step up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the team uh, responds to the fans, and vice versa. It'll be, you know, uh, a good test to see, you know, how loud the place can be, and uh, I think it's going to be in full song pretty early on. 
and uh, you know, everybody's going to be amped up already for opening day. And then you add in that the team is is uh, playing its first game in the new stadium, uh, playing against New York City. I think all of those things will will just crescendo into this uh, this just massive wall of noise, and and you know especially from those from those stands in those safe support you know safe standing uh, grandstand, and and it's going to be just amazing, and I can't wait to see all the purple. And you're going to be in the middle of it. That's right. That's right. You're going to be right in the middle of it. I am so jealous. I will be watching. The whole family here will be watching on TV. And uh, I'm sure that we'll see you. I'm sure you'll stand out. <laughs> uh, if I do, it's probably not a good thing. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, see, how, we'll see how it goes. Um, so we've got that going for us. And it's it's nice that we've got the we've got the. Uh, you know the, the the first game week, and this is our first uh, of our you know full in-season weekly podcast. We had our our February one uh, last week. This one is is dropping March first. We're starting March off with a bang uh, with our first weekly one for this for the season. We'll go all the way through until Orlando City is eliminated with a weekly schedule. Um, there may be something some kind of a lull in the middle of the season, like for Gold Cup or something, where we may. Take a week off. We'll play it by ear, but uh, mostly we'll be weekly from now on. I know that's going to be, our, you know, a big uh, boost for our listeners. They'll get to, to get back in the in the swing of the weekly listens and downloading us regularly and listening to us on the their phones or their in their cars or wherever they they listen to us. Yahoo's Yammer, uh, yeah. but it's good because we're we're talking Orlando City soccer and we're and we've got a lot to cover today. Let's let's start with. Uh, of course, we we already touched on the friendly. I, uh, of course, didn't get to see it because I wasn't there. I was at the Daytona. Um, not many did. You know, about 150 f- people were on hand, some staff and, and friends and family. And, um, you know, but they took care of business. And you can read about the match at mainland.com. Gavin Eubank did a nice write-up on that. And we have uh, photos from, from Nick Leva. So check out our photo gallery. Um, the other big news this week is that Orlando City going to uh, the free Lion Nation mobile app for all members and non-members. You don't have to be uh, a paid member of Lion Nation to get the app. The app is free. And what they're going to do with this app is they're going completely paperless uh, for ticketing for the whole 2017 season. So um, it's going to be a big move for the club. You're going to you know download it. Everything should be um, intuitive. You shouldn't have any trouble. Uh, all events held at the, the Orlando City Stadium, including the kids versus pros, you have to go through the through the uh, Lion Nation uh, app to to get that uh, paperless ticketing going. Um, and uh, you know, I haven't even actually downloaded it yet. I'm 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 bad. I'm a very big procrastinator. But uh, yeah, after you download the the app, you sign up for an account. Um, the Lion Nation existing members use your existing membership email address and and select a username and password to complete the registration form um, you can uh, that's how you register um, to manage your game day tickets um, you know you can always upgrade to the full lion nation if you want to there's no need to um, and it, you know this is this way you paperless ticketing uh, through uh, through the lion nation thing or your account manager is is just a way to go paperless and it's just a way for uh, the club to better manage and track everything. And, um, you know, I don't really know how this is going to go yet, but Dave, do you have a sense of, do you think this is something that maybe is, uh, uh something that may be troublesome for some of the, the more t- 
technologically backward uh, fans or you know what do you th- what do you think of this system? Um, I'm I'm pretty tech savvy for an old man, so I, I think it's a good thing. I, I get what you're saying. Here here's what I think is that um, that we've already gotten a little bit used to this type of thing with mm-hmm. going to the movies. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people do that. They, you can pull it up on your phone. You show it to the the people. They let you in. Uh, so. It, it been moving this way, and as somebody who, all right, so last year, as you remember, I was able to make it down for four games, did the four-game ticket thing uh, with my dad and, and, and family, and there was always the thing of, you know, getting the pieces of paper, making sure that I didn't forget them, is it in the glove box, you know, with, you know uh-huh. there was all that kind of worry. This, everybody has their phone on them all the time, so it's going to take take away that worry that I had of, Leaving, you know, I'm four hours away. So, you know, if I'd gotten halfway down to a game and forgot the tickets at the house, that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. So this is going to take care of that. You just, no worries. You pull it up. You pull it up on the app. Your tickets are right there. Uh, Who doesn't have a smartphone? I mean, okay, there are some people out there, but guess what? Those people have grandkids too. So, uh, (laughs) you know, point being is I, just like anything else, people are going to get used to it. Um, it, there might be a small adjustment period, but I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think it'll end up being better overall. One of the reasons, of course, they're doing this is, you know, security-wise, just um, that way, you know, people don't uh, falsify tickets, and mm-hmm. you know, you don't have that problem. So, I mean, you know, you're signed in to your login, your tickets are there, you've got them, you don't have to worry about it. It's um, so I think it's a good thing. Are there going to be hiccups? Sure. Anytime you do anything new, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be hiccups with the new stadium. There's going to be hiccups with all of it. But overall, I still think it's a it's a good thing. I think people will get used to it pretty quick. And, um, you know, I, I think a couple weeks from now, it's going to be a non-issue. All right. Tickets for Sunday will be available 80 hours prior to kickoff for those uh, for you to download on that app. And uh, you can do everything through the app you can resell them you can transfer them to friends um you can even you know you and this includes the tickets that are purchased and, and sold through the ticket exchange um which uh you know season ticket holders are used to using um you know when you can't go to a game you throw it on the ticket exchange somebody buys it and it's all taken care of so uh, it shouldn't be an issue uh there are people at the club that will help you if you have issues and people at Ticketmaster will be on hand to help you through it on game day if you're having issues so uh it shouldn't be a problem um don't come to us we're not running this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely don't call me i'm i'm not tech support <laughs> yeah in fact you know it's funny we we're talking about this because i just introduced my dad to the wonders of StubHub over the weekend um my dad comes down for the 500 every year and this year he didn't get tickets for the saturday race over in daytona and um so I was curious. I was like, well, I wonder how much those were. And I looked them up and they're, you know, they're over a hundred dollars for a decent seat there for the Saturday race and, and up. And, um, I said, well, I wonder what's going on in StubHub. And my dad's like, what's that? And, and so I told him about StubHub. It's the secondary market and people sell their tickets there. And, and, um, he was skeptical, but we found a couple <laughs> of Saturday tickets in, and actually in the club level for like 40 some, 40 some odd dollars. And, um, you know, normally well over a hundred dollar seats. And, um, you know, so we, we bought them, printed them out here at the house, took them with us. And, um, you know, he was still skeptical. Well, what happens if they don't take them? What happens if they don't let us in? And, you know, <laughs> I had to right. tell him, you know, you know, dad, you know, they have the stuff has got the guarantee. They'll, you know, they'll either refund your money or replace the tickets. And 
So, of course, we got in with no problems, and the, the seats were great. And, in fact, he wants to move his Sunday tickets there now. So he, uh, yeah. he was pretty pretty impressed with the whole thing. So, anyway, yeah, Lion Nation uh, app. Download that free on Google Play or uh, at the Apple Store, uh, iTunes Store, whatever. And, um, you know, grab that and make sure you're you're taking care of your tickets that way. And, and um, it should be easier for most people because, again, you're not going to misplace those. Now, there are some people, though, I'm kind of like one of these people, though, that, that like to save those tickets, you know, for, for um, you know, for special occasions. You know, if I go someplace, I like to save the ticket. I still got all of my Daytona 500 tickets, for example. Um, and, you know, someday they'll go to the ticket, the ticket, paperless tickets, too. And Michael, I, I got you, I got you covered. <laughs> I got you covered. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to pull off that ticket on your phone. You're going to take a screenshot, Yeah. And you're going to send it to yourself, and then you're going to print it up, and you're going to put it on your wall. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you could do that. I don't know about the hologram. Okay, holog- it's not the same. I don't okay. know how good the hologram will work. Some of those tickets are pretty uh, involved. But, um, yeah, anyway, you're right, though. It's from a security standpoint and, and not having to worry about forgetting them and that kind of thing. It's it's a good thing for the fans. So, ultimately, it's a good thing for most people. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of a trade this week. Really? There yeah, was a trade? Yeah, there was a trade. The our very own Orlando City was involved in a in a major league soccer trade. And huh. uh, this is one of the the newsworthy items of the week since we we last spoke and we we had a really good time and we talked to uh to who did we talk to last week? Uh <laughs> I was still at work. You were still at work as you normally are. You, uh, well, are, you, know. you are a guy who works like I'm. I'm kidding, of course. We are are very uh, pleased to have a, a very big guest for you this. But last week, you know, we had, you know, we talked. You and I talked. Yes. And we had uh, a very nice uh, podcast episode number seventy four, which you can still get if you haven't listened to it. You can you can still go back and get that. You don't have to just listen to seventy five this week if you missed seventy four. By all means, go back and grab that because we had a Donnie Toya interview. Yes, and that uh, was very cool. Now Donnie Toya is one of the newest, uh, one of the newest lions, but not the newest newest lion, because no. this week this week Orlando City has acquired Giles Barnes and said goodbye to Breck Shea. Now, if you had told me when we ended the podcast last week that oh hey, there's going to be a major trade the next between the next time. We do the podcast. I would have said, "Nah, not going to happen." Here <laughs> well, we are. It did, and it did. Yes. So, so break, I, break Shea out. I mean, okay. Yeah. So I mean, I guess my first question for you about this trade is, what do you think of it? I mean, what what are your what were your initial thoughts when you heard about it? And now that you've had some time to digest it, what are your thoughts about Breck Shea to Vancouver Whitecaps for Giles Barnes? Uh, first thought was, like I said, holy cow. Okay. That just happened. Um, (laughs) after that it was, okay, let me take a look at what's going on here. You know, I'm not, it wasn't a shock, uh, that we were going to let Breck go. Um, as, as much as we all like him and as much as I kind of felt he, like he was the mad hatter of the, uh, uh, of the, the lions. He, he, he always had the, the great outfits and the funny hats and he, uh, he was an Instagram king when it came to that stuff uh and we all enjoyed that and it was it was nice to stick that in the uh, lion links every once in a while but that being said um he unfortunately never was able to get to the level that we needed him to be at now 
some of that was probably moving back and forth between left back and, you know, midfield and then him always wanting to push forward. And so not to mention the stuff for the national team. So there were a lot of issues that went on with that, um, which, you know, we of course could go into, but, you know, bottom line is he, he didn't live up to the expectations of what um, somebody of his, you know, talent level should have for Orlando city. And given that uh, the coach is trying to implement his new system. I think that Giles is going to be a better fit. He's going to bring uh, more of that attacking midfield that we're looking for uh, with the new scheme. And overall, I think it's it, it was a great trade for us. Uh, Breck, of course, you know, now... Uh, Breck was, you know, we had a lot of money in Breck, but, and we actually have more, you know, in Giles. But I think the production that we'll get out of him, you know, Breck was essentially a very well-paid uh, bench guy. And that, uh, you know, that's a lot of money for a guy that's not getting a lot of playing time. Absolutely. That's, I mean, I think that was the big thing for me is that we knew Jason Christ was going to probably move to a 4-4-2 and have a second striker up top. And, and that was going to take an attacking midfielder out of the middle. And that was going to always affect Breck Shea because, you're not taking Kaká out of the lineup, and you're probably not taking Matias Perez Garcia out of the lineup because he's played very well, especially since Kevin Molino moved on to Minnesota. You're going to need MPG out there for his offensive uh, prowess and the, the his ability to link up with Kaká and uh, and the two forwards. Breck Shea was going to always be a bench guy, and at a half a million dollars, you can't have him on your bench. No, you um, cannot. He's uh, a player that I think was un unjustly i think bashed by some of our fans because of his lack of production but most of that lack of production can be attributed to the fact that he was trying to learn a new position for two years um or or the majority of the last two years he did get to play some midfield uh but of course if you're not playing there regularly you're not going to be in rhythm you're not going to be in your best form and uh, not only when he did play midfield was he not you know used to playing there after having moved out of there uh, he was also flip-flopping sides for a while uh, as injuries and different things happened. So, uh, you know, Breck didn't actually get a chance to settle in and, and get into a groove ever in his time in Orlando City. And part of that was, was due to his uh, sports hernia in 2015. It kept him out for a while. And uh, part of it was, to you know, moving to defense. And uh, But you, you just saw flashes of that player that he was for FC Dallas. You saw that goal last year, which was our goal of the year, uh, where he, he had the give and go with Kaká and, and and just absolutely sent a screamer to the far post, um, you know, curling it in with, with, you know, outside of his foot. And you saw that against the, the LA galaxy had in some of the late season games where he came in off the bench and provided some, some instant energy. And one thing you never say about Breck is that he lacked effort because he really busted his hump up and down the field. Uh, I think for the most part, I think there were times when he, overthought the defensive things that he was supposed to do. And, and sometimes he, he shied away from, from closing people down because he was a little bit unsure of himself and, and not confident in what he, what he, you know, what his technique was supposed to be. But I think Breck was a good soldier at Orlando city. I think that he did give his best. And I think that had he stayed, he may have uh, refound his form up front, but he probably wasn't going to get a lot of playing time to do that in. So um, you know, moving, making the move for Barnes does two things. Number one, it brings in an additional uh, potential wing player. Uh, Barnes can play the wing. He can also play up top with Kyle Lahren. 
and uh, and and actually be that number one guy if you need him to be if Laren is off with with the Canadian national team or or suffers a knock and and needs some time off he's a guy who can play the number one striker role for you if you need him to he's good on set pieces um, you know he's a guy who's he's been you know he's had a few injury bugs but he's really kind of been more consistently uh, a good dangerous player in his years in Houston. You know, he's had a couple of down years, but I think that for the most part, this is a guy that you can reliably say is when he's on his game is, is one of the better players uh, in MLS. Absolutely. And, you know, he, of course, he started out in England um, and uh, even had some, and this is where the West Brom thing comes up. Okay. He was only at West Brom for 23 games, but you know what? For a little while, he was a baggy. And I <laughs> love the fact that they call themselves a baggy. <laughs> Sorry, there was there was a pride pub where we went when we played against West Brom, and I just uh, I will forever love them because of the nickname. But anyway, <laughs> point being is that um, you know he was uh, he was awarded you know uh, player of the year or youngest player of the year and things like that when he was over in England. I mean he was showing a lot of potential. It somewhat fell through after an injury. He en- ended up in MLS, like you said, in Houston did an excellent job. Didn't play a lot in uh, Montreal, but now we've got him. And, of course, the hope is is that we're going to get the the Houston version of him, uh, which, you know what, based on you know what we've seen, what we've read of him and his excitement for being here, I mean, let's face it, um, you know, uh, nothing against Montreal, but it's a lot nicer in Orlando uh, as far as the weather goes. And uh, I, think, uh, I think he's going to fit in well and uh, – Given how he fits into the scheme, I think he's going to be a very good additional piece for that attack that uh, will allow us to to do what we want to do this year on that side of the field. Well, I'm going to point out your party foul because he was, of course, in Vancouver. Oh, um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yep, you're right. That's okay. Um, and Vancouver's a, a, a wonderful place, but... Here's why I'm not concerned about his off his his lack of form in Vancouver. Um, here's a guy who is has got to deal with a new city, not only a new city but a new country. He's got to play on turf, which he didn't really care for, and he's you know he's got to get used to new everything. He's he's you know different weather up there, different uh, everything. So um, it's not surprising that he was not able to adjust in in the short period of time he was there. It's it's, um, you know, he, he spoke today at Media Day, and as we record this, it would be today, but it would be after today when you're listening to this. He he spoke about the fact that he was excited about the stadium and excited about getting back on the grass field, and uh, he's been welcomed with open arms. He, he sounded very upbeat, very um, ready to go, and, you know, obviously you rarely hear a player in preseason say the wrong things. Um, but he, he genuinely seemed like he was uh, getting a new lease on life and, and, you know, we're excited to see what he can bring to this team because he seems like a Jason Christ type of player. Yeah. And he, he, uh, the other thing he mentioned was, uh, being able to have the Orlando city fans cheering for him rather than jeering for him. 
uh, having having played here and, and experienced that. So I know he's he's excited about. Uh, he 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 did mention that in particular, and it's no surprise there. But uh, I agree with you. You know that he does seem more like a Christ kind of guy. Uh, I think that the pushing forward with the attack, especially out of that upper midfield. I think that that's something that he definitely brings um, more experience, you know, than, than Breck had at least, you know, early, at least what we saw out of Breck. And, you know, when, you know, you combine him with the other pieces we have up top, that's, that's where I think that this is going to be, that we ended up with a good part of this trade. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm going to miss Breck. He was, like you said, he was a great soldier, um, and he was a whole lot of fun to, to read about, but, uh, and, th- and that one goal that you talked about that give and go to Kaká, that was a, uh, that's still one of my favorite goals ever, uh, in professional soccer. Um, but I, I think we ended up with the, the better end of the trade and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that. Yeah. Barnes had, uh, you know, about, I think 113 or so appearances uh, with the Houston Dynamo, and uh, scored 31 goals and assisted on 14. So he, he had a hand in 45 goals in 113 appearances. That's a that's a very good scoring rate uh, at any top flight. He also had a couple of goals in 10 appearances with Vancouver, although he, he waited till the uh, last game, I think, of the year to have, have those. But, uh, you know, maybe... Good, that was... means he's in form now. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Just as he was rounding into form, Vancouver sent him packing. And I know the, the Vancouver fans never quite uh, warmed up to him because he never really found his form there. But uh, I think that he'll be embraced in this community. And I think that he'll, he'll do well. I, I'm not concerned about him. He's a, he's a Jamaican international uh, has played for the Jamaican uh, national team in, in international competition. He's a, he's a veteran guy and he can, I mean, he could do a lot of things. He could win headers. He could take free kicks. He, he's, he's a quality player. And I, and I think that, we didn't necessarily get the Breck that we wanted any more than Vancouver got the Barnes that they wanted uh, when they got him from from Houston. So maybe this just a, a change of scenery and a new philosophy and a new coach and you know new surroundings maybe will benefit all parties involved. I was going to say, and of course we do wish Breck all the best. Uh, you know he he was a. Uh, uh, fantastic ambassador as far as you know getting out in the community and doing things um so you know and and of course we'd like to see him back on the u.s men's national team so i i, I hope i hope that he finds his footing there and i hope it goes well and um like you say hopefully all parties involved end up better off yep and uh you know he was he, we have a saying around here forever a lion and uh, and Breck will forever be a lion. He's, he's he is part of the tapestry and the tradition in the history of, of Orlando City Soccer Club. So uh, forever lion Breck. Um, co- of course, he must listen to the show because everybody does. So I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he's he, he's happy that we're wishing him well in his future. And and uh, it'll be good to see him. And, and as you mentioned, um, with the Internet, with the national team, he was the first Orlando City MLS player to to suit up. Uh, for the United States, so uh, he'll always we'll always have him uh, in that respect in, in terms of a trivia question. So uh, good luck to Breck Shea and uh, a big trade. We look forward to seeing what Barnes brings to the club. And um, you know what we've got to do is we've got to uh, to get even more excited about opening day. Is we're going to talk to another one of the newest Orlando City MLS players, or at least. MLS contract signers uh, right here. We're going to, we have, I had a little conversation earlier with uh, MLS 
contract signee Pierre Da Silva, who played with OCB last year in the USL, was one of Orlando City B's and one of the USL's uh, more dynamic players, led the team in assists, and uh, uh, really made a mark for himself, and he's now making a mark for himself also in the United States na uh, youth national setup, and uh, he's played for the U-17s and the U- um, uh, I think he played since U15 as far back as then. So uh, it'll be nice to see. He played with the U19s last year, I believe. And, and Pierre De Silva's got a bright future. So uh, without further ado, right after these messages, these brief messages, uh, we'll have our conversation with Pierre De Silva. All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast this time is Pierre Da Silva, forward slash midfielder with Orlando City. As uh, you may know, he, he played with uh, Orlando City B last year, signed to an MLS deal. Uh, Pierre, thanks so much for being with us on the, uh, the Mainland Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for all the support. So I want to start out first of all by congratulating you on the uh, the MLS contract and uh, and just kind of pick your brain as to you know what um, you know what was your thought at the time you know the, getting the offer and 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 what were the discussions that led up to this? Um, first off, thank you. And the they just they just told me that I was I was doing great and. Uh, I was they, they they didn't tell me directly that I was gonna get an MLS deal, but that's what I was pushing for and I was willing for it because I had a good season with OCB and it ended up coming through. And it was amazing having that feeling, them contacting me and saying that they're gonna sign me to an MLS deal. It was like it was really like it was amazing. Like I can't even describe the words. Now I know that the the club kind of wanted to to um to get you via the old homegrown player uh rule but uh, i think because you played uh, with the u17 team uh with the us u17s and you're you were born in in new york i think that mls rules prevented that but uh did you were, you know were you involved at all did you did you know about that uh, with the club and and was that something you were you were hoping to have or or no, or did it not matter Yeah, I knew that they tried like twice for to push it for a homegrown deal, and it was it didn't it didn't happen. But uh, I mean, I didn't want to like to force anything, and like so I just let everything roll and like happen, and everything happened good. So now I'm I'm on the MLS deal. So have you talked to like? Um... Tony Rocha, you know about you know, another, another guy that was at Orlando City B last year, and and, and um, have you have you had conversations with him about what it's like to to make that jump from the USL to MLS? Um, yeah, I've had a couple of conversations with them, and they always tell me that it's, it's different, it's a different environment, which it is. Like the pace the players like it's a different pace like at training in games it's 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 really different as the USO. so what's different about pierre da silva entering 2017 uh, from from last year um i want to be the same person as last year maybe more 
and work my way up in the MLS squad. So what did you do? What did you do differently? Did you do anything differently this season? Did you, for example, did you put on weight? Did you did you train differently? Did was you know was there a new a new routine that you that you undertook with with Jason Christ being the the head coach this year as opposed to last year when Adrian Heath uh, led the team going into the season? Was there was there anything you did differently to prepare for the 2017 season? My off season was great. I did all all the work that they they told me to do so i did everything right yeah i gained a couple pounds which is which is good that because i have to like build muscle and like to like play play a game against bigger guys and well well that's it <laughs> pretty much so uh, who are some of the guys who you sort of think that you kind of play like them, like guys that you look and, and took things from their game? Who are, who are some of those guys? Um, obviously, Ricky, like Kaká. You know, like he's worn his shirt, his shirt, his cleats since I was like a little kid. And I admired him, and <laughs> I like how he plays. Like He's a really good player, and also MPG, which I like how he plays. And he plays my position, so I look up to him. And what his movements his movements are like he cuts in he does this he does that and I try to do the same thing in the field. Now, as a as a young player, obviously it's it's very difficult in a, in a crowded midfield situation in a, in a, in a uh, you know a top flight league for there to be minutes there. Have you spoken to Jason Christ about what your what his expectations are for you this year in terms of will you be on the MLS side, will there be an OCB loan? Will there be sort of back and forth? Do you, do you have any idea of, of, of what your 2017 season will look like? Um, I don't know yet, but it's, it's up to the coaches and how I perform and everything. And it's, I don't want to push. I want to force anything. And if it happens, it happens. If I go down to USL and I play USL and I work I keep working, I keep working, and I go back to MLS. So it's up to the coaches. Good enough. Um, so, what would you say your strengths are as a player? What is what what is the best thing about Pierre de Silva's game? I'll say my my assists, my my crosses, like my when I get the ball, I can run at people and go as well. And what are some of the things that you would like to to improve upon and 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 uh, to make yourself a, a better, more rounded player? Um, I want to work more like on my like strength, so like get a little bit more bigger, and my defense, like tracking back and stuff like that. So, with you getting an MLS contract and, and training with the with the first team. Who are some of the guys that have sort of taken you under their wing and, and showed you the ropes on, on how to be a you know professional in the top flight? Um, I'll say Mercherino. He's always he's always telling me like to never lose the ball. You're a really talented player, so you shouldn't be losing the ball. And he's always there. He's always telling me what to do. Ricky as well tells me what to do, and also. Um, Rafa, Rafa's always telling me too, like, always like giving me support. So as a as a as a young man who was 
you know, born in, in New York and, and you have, uh, I believe your parents are Peruvian and Brazilian. Is there one nationality that you sort of gravitate to more than the others? Or do you just sort of consider yourself all of that? I mean, I consider myself all of that because I'm half and half and half. So I'm born here, but I'm half Brazilian and I'm half Peruvian. <clears throat> now, and I support, I support both, like all three countries, mm-hmm. but I, I, I play for the U.S. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk to you about that. What is What does it mean to you to uh, to be able to... Um, you know, represent this country, you know, in international play. That's not, that's not something that every player gets to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I started, I started with the national team. I'll say U15, right, right when I got back from Brazil, because I played in, in Santos in Brazil for three and a half years, almost four. Then I came back here and I got called to national team U15. And I, from there, I went up, to the 17s and to the 19s so i mean it's it's a dream come true i i was born here in the u.s and i'm playing and i'm representing and i'm playing for my country could you give uh, obviously you know with sunday coming up and the is, is the mls season opener not many of our fans have, have gotten an opportunity to to go down and, and check out the stadium yet as many as will go at, go down obviously on sunday what are your impressions of orlando city's new home it's it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I played in a lot of stadiums, and for me, this is like the best stadium in the MLS. Now, last year you guys had to play out at at East, you know, East Florida State College. Obviously, we don't know yet if you're going to play any OCB games, um, but it's it's got to be a big boost to the guys on OCB knowing that they're they're going to be playing in that brand new stadium instead of. Uh, you know, bussing out to Melbourne for for games—that's that's, that's got to be a big relief for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it's a big relief for everyone. All right, Pierre. Well, you know, before we let you get out of here, definitely got to uh, you know ask one more question. And what I want to know from you is, you know, what are your expectations for a successful season for Pierre da Silva? What what would you be happy at the end of the year, looking back, if you had accomplished? Um, well, I want to get some playing time with the first team and from there build on. So score goals, assists, and accomplish all my, all my goals. So like put up some weight, um, work on my defense and all those stuff. All right. Well, Pierre De Silva from Orlando City, uh, you know, best of luck to you this season. Hope you get some some first team minutes. And uh, I understand you're going to be wearing number 98. Was that your birth year? Yeah, yeah. I was born in 1998. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so look for number 98 uh, on the uh, the pitch in purple this season in the new downtown soccer stadium. Uh, Pierre De Silva, thank you so much for being with us on the Mainland Podcast. Thank you. All right, we are back, and uh, that was uh, it. Was really nice of Pierre De Silva to uh, to call in this week and uh, and give us his perspective. A, a mild-mannered, humble young man, and uh, very 
soft-spoken, but on the field, um, he he goes hard in the paint, as they say, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks to Pierre for being with us, and thanks for uh, Lucas uh, with Orlando City Communications for for setting that up for us. Um, before we get out of here, Dave, it really, really, really amps me up to say this, but it's time for our keys to victory and our uh, scoreline prediction. So what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I want a scoreline. I want, you know, I want you to call your shots with the goal scorers. And uh, what is the key to to beating New York City? What's the what, what does Orlando City have to do? OK, so uh, to win this game, we are going to. Back line. I'm going back to the back line. Mm-hmm. Defense. Um, so what I want to see is the improvement on the back line. Let's keep them out of the net. We have the the talent up front. We have the opportunity to score. We've seen that. Um, I, I think that's going to happen. I'm looking at a 2-1 victory. Nice. Now, um, I... I as much as I want the back line to, to shut them out, I'm, it's it's still early. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that we're gonna be able to do that. So I'm, I'm giving them the goal. However, uh, on the other side, I think with the pieces that we put in place, we're gonna push forward. I'm going to go with we're gonna we're gonna stick with the tradition here. I'm gonna say Kaká gets one and he gets the first one, and after that, uh, I think that Laren is gonna get the other one. That's our two. We win two one. All right. Uh, my key matchup for the game, like yours, I want to see that back line. And so the key matchup I have is uh, is going to be Jonathan Spector and Jose Aja against David Villa. Uh, I think that's certainly the key to beating New York City is to try to keep Villa quiet. Um, as, for, as, far as, uh, as far as predictions go, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to even pretend that I'm very accurate, <laughs> we 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 have the dis- we have the disclaimer in advance that oh yes that please don't wager on our our predictions um, goodness no absolutely not <laughs> but uh you know two home openers in Orlando City's history in MLS two draws ah. uh, I'm going to stick with that trend because we are the team of draws and I'm going to say we do like last year and go two two. Uh, like we did with Real Salt Lake, but not in the same fashion. I don't think that, uh, or at least I'm certainly hoping that we don't need to come up with two in stoppage time. So it's uh, not going to be two in the last 90 <laughs> yeah. seconds like it was last? Yeah, I'm hoping. I that. was at that game, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know you were, and I'm, I'm hoping we don't need to come come from behind in the last 90 seconds. I I, I think it's 2-2. Two, two. I, I do think Villa gets one, and I don't know, maybe McNamara or somebody gets another one for, uh, for New York City. I think Kaká. He just seems to rise to these occasions. So I think I'm, I'm going to say that maybe him. And I'm going to say, you know, as great as Kyle Lahren's goal-scoring record is against New York teams, I, there's just something about Carlos Rivas' preseason. I just okay. see him I just see him redeeming himself this year and, and okay. starting to break out. And I think that Jason Christ seems to have a belief in him um, that we haven't seen to this point. We haven't seen it from Adrian Heath. We didn't see it last year from from Jason Christ. I think that he has a new, a renewed belief in what Carlos Rivas brings to the table. And he had a good preseason. And I think somehow Carlos uh, comes up with something just spectacular. Maybe it's a blast from, from 30 yards, or maybe he just, uh, uh, just blows past people and then goes one V one with the goalkeeper. But somehow I'm thinking those, those are the two goal scorers. So uh, I'm going two two draw 
Um, I'd like to christen the, the place with a, a victory, of course. And if we do get that third, then it probably would be from Laren because he loves to score against New York teams. Um, but uh, until we don't tie an opening game, I'm going to have to predict a tie for the opening game. Okay, that's understandable. Here's what <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you're right about Revis because I would love to see him, like you said, somewhere you know, 30 out and just put a screamer into the back of the net. However, I'm hoping that I'm right about the final score okay. and that we finally break that tie, uh, <laughs> that draw thing, because uh, you're right. That's it's I, I'd forgot. You know what? I'd purposely forgotten about that, I think. <laughs> I think it was one of those things I put out of my mind. But um, so I, I hope you're right about Revis. I hope I'm right about the score. But uh, the good news is, is we're only a couple days away. Absolutely. So we go into the season uh, with Orlando City not entirely healthy. Um, down a couple of right backs. Kevin Alston's been banged up. Uh, Rafael Ramos uh, with a hamstring, two hamstring issues. Um, Chris Nigita's banged up. Tony Roach is banged up. Uh, so we have some knocks, but I think that this team has the coverage this year that they didn't have, uh, that it didn't have in past years. I think we'll see uh, newcomer PC on the left side. I think we'll see Toya on the right side, which is not ideal for a left-footed player to be playing right back, but I think he gives you some, you know, uh, I think he gives you solid defensive player at the very least, which is something you need from Via, you know, when you're facing Via. Well, like we talked about last week, it's not something that he hasn't done before. Yeah, he's done it before, and I think that I think that he'll be fine. Um, of course, Spectre and Aha in the middle, we want to definitely see uh, a solid outing from them for 90 minutes plus, whatever it takes. No switching off, no lapses, no ball watching, no. You know, whoops, I didn't mark him for a half a second and he got behind me. I want to see concentration from the opening whistle to the final whistle. Um, so we want to see that. And I'm really interested to see Will Johnson, what he brings to the team and how he links the back line to the front line. So um, a lot to look forward to for opening day. And we are going to have so much to talk about next week. Absolutely. And, you know, the I think we're going to be we're, – we're going to <laughs> – of course, I'm going to – preface this by saying that things can change on a dime schedule wise, but we're going to try to do these, uh, record these on Tuesday nights to release them on Wednesday. What that means of course, is that we're going to have to talk about two games on double game weeks, uh, for the Wednesday game and the, and the weekend game. And, um, you know, that'll make for an interesting, an interesting <laughs> schedule, but it's, it's kind of weird because you either, I think in the past we've released them on Friday and we've talked about the weekend game and the Wednesday game and then previewed the next game. So no matter when you do it, you're, you know, when you have those, those fixtures coming fast and furious, you got to do, it's okay. You either have to do more podcasts or you have to, you have to have these double podcasts. So now I I have the solution. You and I talk really fast and then when people (laughs) listen to it, they just slow it down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They might already do that. (laughs) Because <laughs> those podcast players now are pretty, you know, they're pretty cool. They're you, pretty advanced, you, yeah. You can slow things down. You can speed them up. See, I, I would I would make a reference to an old LP, you know, yeah. 72 speed, you know, but uh, nobody's going to get it. Just you and I. Grandpa, what's an LP? <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. Anymore, it's Grandpa, what's a CD? <laughs> You're uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, for our New York City FC preview. Uh, opening day is coming. Everybody's psyched. We're all amped. We probably forgot to talk about 10 things we were going to talk about, but uh, that's okay because uh, you know we're, we're back with a weekly schedule. So if we forgot to cover anything, we can always come back to it. Um, 
you know, fresh the following week. So, uh, of course, uh, we want to thank Pierre Da Silva for, for being with us as our special guest. Uh, I know we have some, some uh, Orlando Pride and, and other guests coming up in the weeks to come, and I still want to get Miguel Gallardo on. And, um, you know, it's soccer's back. MLS season is back. We're very excited. And uh, please uh, read our stuff at themainland.com. And, uh, of course, follow us on Twitter uh, at the mainland. It's Maine like a lion's mane, M-A-N-E. Follow us uh, there on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, please leave a, uh, a glowing review for us on iTunes if you, uh, if you enjoy what you hear, and um, we would appreciate that. And we will be back next week to break down the New York City FC match and, uh, of course, OCB in the middle of their uh, preseason friendly schedule. And, and uh, in just about two weeks, Orlando Pride will be kicking off their uh, their preseason training camp for the 2017 NWSL season. Dave, we got three teams, one new stadium. Could not be more excited about all of that. Um, and and let's face it, having having um, I, I think OCB being in there is going to be phenomenal for them as far as attendance go. And then I mean the pride. What can you say? I mean they they already get the attendance when it comes to NWSL. So I think. Uh, the excitement around the new stadium will just help that as well. Yep, and we should see some movement with OCB here in the, the next little bit. We should see some players loaned down. Uh, we should see some final signings maybe uh, as OCB completes its roster. They uh, were out uh, at IMG Academy this week uh, for for a pair of friendlies, um, both on Tuesday. They lost 3-1 to uh, OKC Energy, another USL team. And uh, defeated the uh, U-17 residency program team uh, over there at IMG. Uh, they defeated them 2-0. Um, Michael Cox had the lone goal in the loss to Oklahoma City Energy uh, from the penalty spot in the 90th minute in a game that OCB, frankly, just didn't play very well in. And yeah. uh, we didn't get to see any of the other game, which I was told was a 30-minute scrimmage. Uh, and the goals were from Joe Gallardo, uh, who also assisted on the other goal. Uh, the second goal, you're going to appreciate this. Mm. The other goal was scored uh, by a guy named Elvis. Nice. Uh, yeah, not the Elvis. This would be an El- Elvis who is a trialist from uh, Orlando City's uh, Brazilian partner club, Paranaense. Okay, so not Elvis Costello either. Not Elvis Costello or the attractions. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> I figured I'd check. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you checking. So uh, that'll do it. I think we've we've talked about everything we had to talk about as far as I know, but we're both a couple old guys and probably forgot something. But I'm we'll sure be we back. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, an all new guest, all new uh, game to discuss, and uh, uh, of course, um, we will uh, we will break everything down for you and uh, be back next week. So for David Rowe, I would like thank to you. once again thank uh, Pierre de Silva for being with us and uh, sign off as I usually do with an emphatic, Go City!